0: This is the WealthAbility Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes.
1: Welcome to the WealthAbility Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. So Omicron is in the news every minute of every day right now. And we're also worried about it, it's contagious, it's not as strong as the Delta or previous variants it appears to, so it doesn't, uh, percentage-wise, it not cause as many people to go into the hospital, but at the same time, what it's really causing is a lot of people not being able to come to work. And so to, today, what we're going to discover, we have my, my, my good friend, uh, Bob Robinault, uh, on the call with us today, because what we're going to discover is what are we going to do not just now when we've got this big surge going on, but what are we going to do in the long term, because we have a lot of issues going on, we have, uh, we, we've got the virus, but we also have a, the great resignation, we have the great uh, migration to the, the, the middle of the country away from the big cities, and people who want to just work remotely, basically forever, So how do we deal with all this? And then on top of that, we have vaccine mandates that that we're dealing with and we have some people I have people in my office that are very, that that are absolute anti vaxxers. I have other people who won't come into the office because they're so pro vaccine and not everybody's vaccinated. So, you know, and I have a small office. I only have 15 people in my office. So I can imagine if you've got 50, 100, 200 employees, just how much more difficult it is when you're talking about that that scale you know a little easier to deal with when you're you're small like us and we can work remotely anyway but how do you deal with all this and and that's what bob is uh, uh I'm, i'll let bob i'll let you introduce yourself but bob is an, an attorney who specializes in this area and so it, it, it's just great to have you back on the show bob
0: hey i appreciate you having me uh, uh always good to be here tom at, at any rate i'm i'm uh I've been practicing for over 30 years here in Ohio. I mean, I'm based in Columbus, Ohio, but I'm with a firm that's got a nationwide scope, Fisher Phillips. We do labor and employment uh, law. So we have uh, everything sort of soup to nuts, labor and employment. This COVID-19 pandemic has has really drawn a lot of our resources. And we've got a very good resource page that's out there that I think our group does a very good job of keeping up the speed on the the, uh, the issues that are affecting employers uh, throughout the country with respect to this, including the current issues, some of the issues we're talking about here in terms of return to work issues and what employers need to be aware of with respect to the vaccine uh, so, mandates and all of that stuff. So again, we, I appreciate you having me on here and uh, look forward to talking to you.
1: So, so thanks Bob so let's start with the current issues. Um, we have two big current issues we have the omicron variant um, which is uh, putting people a lot of people down my my uh, stepson is down right now uh, with a, with omicron and he's been vaccinated boosted everything doesn't seem to matter um, you still you're gonna get it And so you've got that issue going on plus we've got, this whole thing with Supreme Court and the vaccine mandates, and you've got different vaccine mandates. So let's start with the current and then we'll go to the long term about how do we solve this long term. So starting with uh, just let's start with Omicron. All right. So how are you advising people, uh, your uh, employers to deal with this Omicron variant as far as whether people come to work or don't come to work doesn't seem to matter whether you're vaccinated or not, you're still going to be a spreader, you're still going to get it.
0: That's right uh it, it, and it is a situation where Omicron has sort of changed the game much like the delta variant did in a different way. The good news about this omicron variant and i think I think the studies aren't conclusive, but they're pretty uh pretty good that the this variant does not cause the types of uh severe illness that uh, we were seeing with Delta, so you have less hospitalizations and less less uh, deaths obviously I, I don't know I think they have very few deaths that have been. Associated with Omicron, part of that is I think this variant's a little milder, but I also think part of it is the fact that we do have a. Uh, you mentioned your son was vaccinated and boosted, and I think the evidence is also in on that, and that, that that there is a strong protection that 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 uh, that these vaccines provide for purposes of limiting the da- the problems associated with the virus. Uh, we know it doesn't prevent the virus, uh, and and again I've I have. Uh, two in my family who have breakthrough cases, uh, have had breakthrough cases in the past year. Uh, but uh, it is a situation where right now, what you've got to deal with with Omicron is the disruption of your workplace because there is, is, there is isolation that is required when someone tests positive. We have so many people testing positive. I can give you an example of a, of a case. We have a client that is uh, complying with the uh, vaccine vaccine OSHA vaccine mandate or test provisions. And they chose to go testing because they had a very strong uh, group of anti-vaxxers within their company. So mandate was not going to work for them. What they did do with respect to the testing, they started into that process and that protocol in the first group of testing. they had six people come up and it turned out those six people were all in the same department and it would essentially have shut that department down to isolate all of those individuals. We went through that list and determined that there were things they could that they, they could do to, to sort of deal with that. One of them it, we've talked about here is isolation. Unfortunately, these jobs, uh, uh, three or four of them were, were jobs that could not work in isolation. Uh, they had to be within, within a group, but, th- but the regulations do provide that if an individual is isolated and they can still, or they're able to work with respect to their illness and, and with respect to the vaccine, or the, I'm sorry, the virus, that they can do that in isolation, and they uh, they are able to work, and they don't have to You know, again, they are isolated, so they don't have to fall under that uh, provision of the uh, of the guidance that says that you have to have to be removed from from uh, the workforce if they can go to the workplace uh, setting and in uh, in an isolated setting. Much like I think you and I are today. I mean, we would not be affected yeah. by uh, right. if we had the virus, and we wouldn't have to stay at home. We could come I come to work, but I, I can work in isolation here. So we dealt with it that way, but you know, the other ones had to stay at home. And the isolation standard is one that is recently changed, and I know this uh, uh, there may be subsequent changes, but again, at, at the time we're talking. The uh, standard had gone from 10 days isolation down to five. So that five day rule, I think, has really helped uh, people deal with this process. And uh, again, in this case, one of the advice pieces of advice I gave to this employer was: if you're going to do this testing, do it on in the middle of the week so that you have weekend days that are going to cover some of that five day period uh, of isolation. So uh, you know, there's there's things that employers can do to deal with with Omicron and with this virus and Um, again, two factors would be one, you can still isolate and allow people to continue to work. And fortunately, this virus seems to be one that doesn't put people down, that they can still continue to to work while they, even though they have contracted the virus. And two, uh, you know, to to the extent you do have to isolate, uh, you you may also uh, take into account how you time out your testing. And when someone comes in and tells you they've tested positive, try and work through that process as best you can in terms uh, of of keeping them productive
1: you have the other you have the other obvious issue which is you don't want them infecting your other employees because you don't want your other employees going down i mean to me you know if you look at this from a very practical standpoint everything pretty much solves itself because if you take purely the practical approach i want my employees productive i want them working and i want them happy and i want them comfortable okay so you have on on one hand you've got a, a large person population, third of the population easily that is against vaccination, does not want to be at vaccinated. So you got that group. Then you've got the other group that you've got the other, another third that they don't want to be around anybody who's not vaccinated. And then right. you got the middle group. <laughs> they just want to protect themselves. They don't really care whether you're vaccinated or not, as long as you don't give me the, the virus, right? That, I, that would be the group I'm in. So, so the, the question is, how do you deal from a practical standpoint with these really very different views. And it's interesting because we think of uh, the, the people that are most conservative with the, regard to the virus. We call them progressives, right? <laughs> and, which I find I, I find ironic. How do you deal with those different really thought processes? Because these are very serious for people. They're very stressful for people. I have a, I have a, a stepdaughter that she's extraordinarily conservative. I mean, she won't She won't let her kids uh, play with other kids that aren't vaccinated. You know, she's very, very conservative about that. And I I respect that, okay? I have other friends that are on the, I have a partner that, you know, and, and other people that, they don't want to get vaccinated. They're, they're not interested. They're they're in the Novak Djokovic, you know. <laughs> That's right. But look, I'm a healthy person, and I I, I, I don't really feel like I, I want to get vaccinated. And so what do you do from a practical standpoint as an employer to really just keep people healthy and happy and, and kind of re- reduce the
0: stress? And again, this varies state by state, uh, but it, in terms of the federal government and most large corporations are Pro-vaccine. They want to get as many people vaccinated as possible. And they see that as a benefit to society that we get uh, a large percentage vaccinated. And I think we're up to 70%. And that varies state by state. So right. in, in some of the more rural states, you have legislatures that have enacted laws that are are pro anti-vax, for lack of a better word, that they right. are pushing back on the on this vaccination and making it clear that employers do not have to mandate and they and that. The, and employees cannot be discriminated against in Montana, for example, based upon their vaccine status. So there are pushbacks going on there, but by and large, if you're an employer, you have to be aware of the fact that there are these federal mandates out there that are uh, are in the background, and you also have OSHA that is going to continue to look at this at, from a safety perspective and believe that the the mandates are the are the right way to go, in the and the higher percentage of of your Workforce it's vaccinated, the better we are as a society, and the safer you are as an employer. Right. Uh, so
1: now, now take it. now take the employers, which is a large portion of the population, which are under 100 employees, and they're not mm-hmm. federal contractors, and they don't have a vaccine mandate. Okay, and they're looking at it from a very practical standpoint of is this even my you know some of them look at it like is this even my business. Um, whether you're vaccinated, as long as you can do the work and as long as you're comfortable doing the work and we can make everybody else comfortable. So what do you say to, what, what do you say to that group?
0: Well, I think that, that group needs to be aware that uh, this is a, a, a case-by-case basis where they need to take steps to protect their employees in these cases and provide protection. If they are not gonna mandate the vaccine and there's a lot of small employers that just can't go down that road, for a lot of the reasons we talked about, they'll lose their workforce uh, or a percentage. It's a tight
1: and tight labor market right
0: now. That's right. So what do you do in that situation? Well, you, you make sure I think that you have protocols in place because you want to protect the workers. Again, you, I think you did a good job of breaking down the dichotomy here. You've got a, a, a group that's does not want to get the vaccine. Doesn't see the benefit of it. And they've got a group that says I don't want to be around people that are not vaccinated. So you've got those two sets of workers. And I think employers, uh, I think it's prudent for employers to take steps to protect their workforce by uh, continuing with appropriate masking uh, protocols, distancing protocols. And again, getting to the point that you talked about earlier, isolation, remote work is isolation. Uh, if, if you can provide remote work, uh, that is a, a, a very attractive option here because it eliminates that, that issue of having people in the... Co- co-workers working together that may have differing opinions on this vaccine. So uh, that certainly is one strong way to do it if you're able to do that with respect to that job. But if you've got a, a, a mechanic shop uh, right. and, and, you're, uh, and you're dealing with the mechanics that are working in that shop who uh, have differing opinions, you take steps, I think the employers, uh, if they're not gonna mandate the vaccine or require vaccines they, they can certainly encourage the vaccines. There's nothing saying they can right. do that. Uh, but if if they're not going to require it, they should uh, take steps to provide appropriate protocols. Let, let, uh, let me ask
1: you, let me let me ask you a question. So we've we've seen a lot of there's there has been a lot of cases where people have quit their jobs because they didn't want to be forced to take to to get vaccinated. Um, right, even even to healthcare workers, which I not quite sure I understand that one, but um, yeah. it's serious. I mean, and it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I was driving by my local hospital here, and there was a bunch of picketers out there protesting the vaccine mandate, and these were presumably healthcare workers. So, yeah. so you, you, you've got that. Have you seen any of similar issues with mask mandates? In other words, have you seen anybody saying, "I'm not going to go to work because they forced me to wear a mask"?
0: We, we do have some. And that's, I think, a small percentage uh, of people that are in that boat. You don't
1: see think- that as a as as a big risk for employers that they're going to lose substantial amounts of employees if they require their employees to wear masks.
0: I, I don't see that as a as a big risk. Right. I think again, it's going to depend on the employer, and it's going to depend on their work particular workforce. But we don't see that as a huge issue in terms of the uh, the employers we face. I, having said that. I think our firm does a lot of work with larger employers. And I think those employers don't have those issues by and large and felt feel pretty comfortable about requiring masks in their workplace. Yeah, it, it just uh,
1: seems to me, Bob, that, that that's a that yeah, maybe but, a nice middle ground. Frankly, yeah. you know, masking is a is a middle ground now where you can say, well, look. Okay, that's fine. We're not going to require vaccine mandates. We're not. We're not even going to require testing. We're not required to. Um, Yeah, we're going to, but we're going to require that you come and you wear a mask, and not just any mask. We're going to provide the type of mask that you're allowed to wear. Um, You know, we know that there are a lot of masks that don't work. Um, you know, the the, the neck gaiters and, and things like that don't do do you any good. And even they're saying even the surgical masks are not real strong against this uh, Omicron variant. So, so but we can provide that, right? And that's not a very expensive, that's, that's no. not a very expensive solution. It seems like that's a, a pretty good middle ground solution for those companies, don't you think?
0: I think that is. And again, uh, I want to make sure we're clear, we're talking about em- employers who are not going to be uh, under one of these mandates that right. would require some other of course, protocol of course but to, to me i think that, that with respect to those employers masking social distancing uh, or, or distancing i don't like that word social distancing uh, but making some uh, space uh, requirements there so that you limit the transmission uh, is is i think the appropriate way to go in in those circumstances and then uh, adopting the appropriate protocols for purposes of people reporting symptoms and not coming to work if they do feel uh, like they have right. symptoms right, right, right? or if they, you know, in some case, even if they test, we know that people uh, who are asymptomatic often test for these uh, problems and they may not even know they have the variant, but if they do test for it and they, they have to report that to you and you have to take appropriate steps to isolate them, because again, even though they may not have symptoms, they can spread it to someone who does have symptoms. Right. I, I think too, one of the arguments that an employer can make in terms of this process, too, when they have reluctant uh, workers is we, we need to consider this from not the perspective of you who think you have individual rights and you're healthy. We need to think about this from the perspective of our other coworkers right. who you may not know has some underlying condition that makes them vulnerable. So I think that, uh, you know, that's a reasonable uh, thing for employers to do and to require. And they certainly, you know, there's there are, there are a number of states which are going to require mask mandates through, as we go through this process and as we get different levels of infection in, the, in these societies. So um, we're not over with this yet. So I think that people need to continue with those protocols. I think that's a smart thing for employers to do.
1: Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board-certified surgeon, and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high-paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high-paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. So let's talk about, we're we're not, we're not over with this yet. Um, seems pretty clear to me that we're never going to be over with this. Okay, so uh COVID's here to stay, uh, just like the flu is here to stay. It seems to be getting less less powerful. So it, it seems to be because the Omicron seems to be more like the flu, uh, unlike the Delta, which was, you know, very serious. Uh, but this seems to be more like the flu. And it seems like that's that's what the scientists believe is going to happen, is it's going to get more endemic and less pandemic. And so let's talk about the long term here, because one of the things that I think we're going to have to come to grips with is this is here to stay. So does that mean that we're going to require masking for the rest of our lives? Does that mean we're going to uh, require testing, not just, I mean, the reality is if you're going to test for Omicron, you ought to be testing for flu too. You ought to be testing for uh, streptococcus. You ought to be testing for A common cold, frankly, because you're talking about transmitting a disease that will keep you out of the office. So, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, where do you think, where do you think this goes?
0: Well, I I think two things. One is we're getting into an area where we're. uh, uh, It's hard for me to speculate as a legal, uh, uh, legally trained person. uh, I hate to jump into an arena that I'm not well versed in, but I, I would suggest that. In the in the employment setting, we are going to have to come to grips with the fact that what you're saying is true. That this is something that's going to be with us for uh, some some time, and it's and it's going to be pro. We're going to have protocols that are going to be based on public health mandates down the road for for the foreseeable future. Where do I see that uh, going with respect to and what what employers should do in this case? And I think an employer should be adopting appropriate protocols. Uh, to keep their workforce safe and healthy, which includes trying to limit transmission of viruses and other diseases, whether it's Omicron or or like you're saying, the flu flu virus. So the starting point would be, I think employers should, regardless of this pandemic, this may have raised the stakes uh, uh, for this, but they should always keep that in mind that if one of the policies they should clearly adopt is if you're sick, stay home. Right. Oh, no,
1: uh, I, I to- don't
0: come in and infect other people. I, you know? I totally agree. In
1: fact, I, I almost wonder if at, at some point it's not going to change uh, employment practices when it comes to paid time off. That uh, I, I remember when I had my first full time job was with uh, Ernst & Young, uh, the large accounting firm. And I asked, I said, what's the sickly policy? And my my uh, HR, was a partner who was in charge of HR, and he said, here's the rule if you're sick stay home if you're not come to work and that's it that was the policy there was no set number of days uh sick days etc um which in that environment worked fine because people were going to come to work you know this wasn't a place where people were going to fake being sick um that that wasn't going to happen uh because their jobs you know they were more concerned about keeping their jobs so do you see that that's the type of things going to change? And on top of that, now we have the great resignation. We have the great migration. Um, are, you, are you seeing that we're going to actually ha- have more of this isolation where we actually do work more remotely and we set up our company so that the people who are office workers who don't have to be, I get the mechanics have to be there with yeah, the cars. Yeah. I get that the, you know, the, I get the, the um, healthcare workers have to be with the, there with the patients. But there are millions and millions of people that are office workers, and they support the rest of the economy and uh, those who actually you know create manufacture, et cetera so do you see that as being um something that employers just really need to pay close attention to be planning that this is going to be this is the foreseeable future here
0: I, I think that's right i I think they should plan on that uh and, and again to me there's some We're going to get to a point where we can do lessons learned. I think we're probably still a little too early to do that, but I I do think we can take a, there is a definite takeaway here In, in terms of this, what we've just gone through most workforces that are not manufacturing or restaurants or healthcare have taken steps to have their workers be able to work remotely. So it's no longer a situation where, oh, we're going to send Johnny home. Now we got to set him up with, uh, you know, we don't want you to come work. And if you work remotely, here's what you need to do. Well, they know what to do. They know right. what to do because we've been through this and employers have set up those processes. And, and a lot of this was it, uh, you, you know, right. we're, we're talking on a zoom call. These uh, zoom meetings are, are providing some way for remote work to, to, to happen. So we, have got that as uh, I think in the future, that's going to be uh, the future uh, that we see in uh, taking hold in. And I think, again, it is going to beg the question, employers are going to say, if I've been able to do this remotely, why do I need to come back to work? And that that's going to be a fight that's going to happen. You have uh, You have some, uh, this is probably beyond the scope of this podcast, but that is a fight that I think is going to take place. And there are some really strong advocates that believe uh i think one of the big banks has pushed for this and that is i want people back into the office because i want to know what yeah. they're doing and i think they're not as productive when they're remote and you have others who are taking just the opposite position that hey look you know my workforce is going to continue to be remote in the future because it works uh, so that's one lesson uh, the other lesson i would suggest we have uh it, it getting back to your point is that as viruses and other health issues become predominant in a, in a community, that community and those employers now should take proactive steps to protect their employees right. through masking and through some of the other techniques we've learned through this pandemic. Uh, and I think, again, those things are gonna continue on even if you're right and this is an endemic and this is not gonna be nothing more than a flu, the lost time associated with spreading of a virus is something that employers should. Well, and it's not just that, I, I
1: I think it goes beyond that. I, th- I think you really made the point is, is that we need to keep our employees safe. I mean, this, is, this isn't this is just about the business, right? I mean, we want our employees to be healthy. We, you, know, uh, you know, I look at this and I'm going, I'm not a high risk, I'm not a particularly high risk person here, but I honestly just don't wanna get sick. It, it's yeah. been, I've been healthy, Without any kind of virus for two years, I love it. <laughs> you know, this is a yeah. really this is a really good thing to me. So I I really am actually taking a lot of precautions, not just because I, I am married to somebody who is who is at risk, but because I don't want to get sick. Yeah, and and I don't I don't want my employees to you know to get sick and and to to be uncomfortable and be unhealthy. I mean, you know, you really I I think this has actually raised the consciousness of uh, employers that we this is really about taking care of our people as much as anything and being and actually and also being aware of they do have different views and you know some are some are very concerned and some are not concerned and some are very much about protecting themselves and others are about protecting others and you know there's there's a there's just a lot that has come up here. I actually think it's very good to have the discussion as long as we can have the discussion, as long as we can be open to what it comes right down to is how do we take care of our employees and our customers and our business. And uh, uh, Bob, uh, remind us again, your website, because I think it has a tremendous amount of um, uh, information and such a great resource. And we really appreciate you having this website.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. www.fisherphillips, F I S H E R P H I L L I P S dot com. And again, if you type Fisher Phillips in Google, you'll come up with some good background. If you, we've got a, a vaccine uh, or a COVID 19 landing page and a vaccine landing page as well. Awesome. So if anybody needs any background, and certainly they can feel free to reach out to me at uh, rrobinald@fisherphillips.com at fisherphillips.com if they, if they have any uh, any follow-up questions that they might want to uh, have me address or have someone in our firm address. Again, we're a nationwide uh, firm, so we've got offices in, I think, 35 uh, communities throughout the country. And, and,
1: and so, we have Zoom, so there you right. go that's exactly oh, okay. and in any case thank you so much uh, uh bob for joining us today thank you everybody for joining us uh this is a not just an emergency an emerging issue this is a long-term issue um and just remember that when we when we focus on keeping our employees happy and healthy our Our customers happy and healthy. Really what it does is it actually serves us as the business owner, serves us as the investor. um, And we're always going to end up with way more money and way less tax. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next
0: time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.